Chapter 16 of The Lone Ranger Rides. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Lone Ranger Rides by Fran Stryker. Chapter 16 One Eye Sees Death. The Lone Ranger stood close to his horse at the edge of the basin where thick foliage marked the beginning of the rise of Thunder Mountain. He strained his eyes and ears to detect what he could in the basin. Motionless and tense, the masked man waited like a hunter that tried to catch a scent from a wind that held its breath. He heard the usual night sounds of cattle, katydids, and frogs. There was an occasional call from a creature of the forest that rose behind him. Nothing more. On the downward path the masked man had met no one. He had dismounted on several occasions to examine the trail by matchlight, and near the bottom, where it was overgrown with weeds, he had lighted a candle to inspect it further. He found that many head of cattle had traveled where the path was smooth, but the beef had been fanned out in many directions near the bottom of the mountain, and driven into the basin at several points. He decided that this had been done so that a path would not be seen from the basin itself. The Lone Ranger guided Silver back among the trees where the white coat wouldn't be so obvious if someone rode near. He whispered softly, then left the horse untethered. He paused to make sure that his mask was snugly in place. It had become so much a part of him that he couldn't be sure of its presence unless he felt it with his hand. When Tonto had at first suggested wearing the mask all the time, he had thought it a bit dramatic, perhaps even silly, but consideration made him realize that he already was hampered by the determination not to shoot to kill, by great odds, and by the weakness of his wounds and recent fever. He might have to fight, to rope and shoot, and the mask must be no handicap. He checked his guns, making sure that they were fully loaded, by replacing the shell that had been used to disarm Rangoon. Then he was ready. An experienced black cat stalking a nervous bird could be no more quiet than was the Lone Ranger as he moved across the basin. His clothing had no flapping superfluities. He wore no jingling spurs. His guns were tied down so that the holsters could not slap his legs. Boots oiled to preclude the slightest possibility of any squeaking leather, he moved swiftly and surely toward the buildings of the ranch. He saw the house, and not far from it, the row of lighted squares that marked the bunkhouse. Halfway to the buildings, the Lone Ranger froze. He wondered if his eyes were playing tricks, or if he actually had seen someone, or something, move at one end of the bunkhouse. Now he saw a moving figure in the beam of light that slanted from the rear window. In an instant, whatever he saw was obscured by the darkness. He glanced over his shoulder. Silver was well out of sight. His own dark clothing would be barely visible unless someone were quite close to him. Then he heard the sound of hoofs. A horse and rider appeared as a vague shadow against the lighted bunkhouse windows. The masked man dropped flat on his stomach, 
hugging the ground as closely as possible. The rider was coming straight toward him. He drew a pistol, holding it in readiness if he should be seen. He knew that his hat was light and might attract attention, but he dared not move it. He felt the ground tremble with the beat of hoofs. He heard the crack of a quirt, cruelly applied, and a man's husky voice. Now the rider was almost upon him, without slackening his speed. The racing horse looked tremendous as it passed within twenty feet of the Lone Ranger. It was impossible to tell who was in the saddle. All details were shrouded by the darkness, but whoever that horseman was, he was in a hurry. He swept across the basin toward the foot of Thunder Mountain, and the last the masked man saw was the barely perceptible shadow breaking through the underbrush that hid the uphill trail. The Lone Ranger presently rose to his feet, waited several seconds, and then moved ahead again. This time his destination was the bunkhouse. He could call on Bryant and Penelope later. First he would investigate to learn, if possible, the reason for the unknown rider's sudden departure. There was no sound from within the bunkhouse. The masked man advanced toward the side of the long and rather narrow one-story building. The rear, from which the unknown rider had started, was on his right, the front of the building on his left. He could see that a door which opened out was wide, but from his point of view the Lone Ranger couldn't see the inside of the place. He could hear something going on inside the ranch house, a couple of hundred feet away, but couldn't distinguish the sounds clearly enough to know what they might mean. "'Go there,' he muttered, "'later on.' With increasing caution he approached the objective until his back was pressed close to the slab side of the bunkhouse at the corner between the lighted windows and the open door. Still there was no sound inside. His gun in readiness, he rounded the corner and looked in the door. He saw a well-lighted room. Double-deck bunks lined each of the side walls, divided by a narrow aisle. In the front part of the room there was one large table and several chairs. At least twenty men slept here, but now there was no one in sight. The table had held a poker game which seemed to have been interrupted suddenly. Freshly dealt cards lay face down on the table as they had fallen, before the chairs of the players. The room was littered with battered pictures, extra boots, blanket rolls, and other paraphernalia that would naturally be accumulated by those who slept there. The Lone Ranger stepped inside and drew the door shut behind him. At the poker table he paused and examined a few of the cards. Rifling through them he came across two aces. He held these cards close to a coal-oil lamp and studied their backs. In one corner he found a barely discernible indentation that might have been made by a fingernail. He nodded slowly. "'Looks like it might be Slick Lonergan,' he mused. 
Slick hadn't been seen in any of his familiar haunts since the time he had disappeared before a trial in which he was to be questioned about a murder. The Lone Ranger knew Lonergan's entire background, a crooked gambler, a crafty lawyer, and a shrewd schemer who should have been jailed long ago, but who had repeatedly found loopholes that served as rat holes for him to slip through and remain free. Leaving the table, the Lone Ranger began a quick but systematic search of the building. He moved down the aisle, studying the possessions near each bunk. He found a handbill that had Rangoon's picture on it, but the name at the time of its printing was Abe Larkin. Larkin apparently hadn't taken any pains to hide the fact that he was wanted by the law. Once he thought he heard a faint, low moan from somewhere close at hand. He stood attentive, but the sound was not repeated. He continued in his search, oppressed by a somewhat guilty feeling as a prowler and an unexplainable sensation that there was someone else in the bunkhouse with him. He studied two more bunks and then heard the moan again. This time it was unmistakable. The Lone Ranger hurried to the far end of the bunkhouse, and there, in the lower bunk on his right, he found a man unconscious. The window over the head of the sill form was open. It was outside this window that the unknown rider had been first seen. The unconscious man, the Lone Ranger could see in the dim light that he was old, was shadowed by the shelf-like bunk of the second tier. The Lone Ranger unhooked a lamp that swung from the ceiling and placed it so that the light fell across a bald head which lay in a widening pool of red. He jerked his bandana from a pocket and soused it in a nearby water pitcher. Then he bathed the old fellow's face. A tremulous, soft sob broke through the white mustache. The eyes of the wounded man fluttered slightly, then stared up. There was an empty socket where the left eye should have been, but the other eye was bright with pain. "'Take it easy,' the Lone Ranger whispered. "'I'm going to have a look at that wound and see what we can do for you. Don't try to speak just yet. Wait a little.' He turned the old man gently to his side and saw the handle of a knife protruding from high up on one shoulder. The blade was out of sight. He didn't touch the knife. There was no use. The wound was fatal. Gimlet, at best, had only a few minutes. He applied more water to the old man's face and forehead. "'Tell me, if you can, who did this?' he said. Gimlet's lips moved feebly, but no words came. "'Do you know who stabbed you?' asked the Lone Ranger. "'One word, just the name of the man. Can you tell me that?' Gimlet lifted one hand very feebly and pointed toward the open window. The Lone Ranger nodded. "'I know. He stabbed you through that window. Tell me who it was.' The dying man seemed to be gathering himself for one supreme effort. He swallowed hard, his eyelids closed, then opened. "'Tried,' he said, 
then coughed and started again. I, I tried to get Yuma, his bunk here. More coughing choked the words. Blood drooled from the side of the old man's mouth and stained his white mustache. The Lone Ranger pressed water from his handkerchief against Gimlet's lips. "'I heard you,' he said softly. "'I heard what you said. You tried to get Yuma. Yuma is a man who works here?' Gimlet nodded. "'You said this was his bunk?' Again the slowly moving head went down and up. "'Tell me some more. What about Yuma?' felt his bunk looking to see gimlet had to pause for a fit of coughing so violent that it hardly seemed his fast ebbing strength could stand it when he finished his breath came in short and painful gasps the the house he managed to say he struggled hard fighting the grim specter every step of its advancing way there was more he wanted desperately to tell. The old man was upon that borderline between the living and the dead. From his position he seemed to see things in their true light. He looked beyond the mask and saw a man he knew could be trusted. His gnarled, blue-veiled hand clutched that of the Lone Ranger while he fought hard to make a last statement. The masked man leaned close to him to catch the dying words if they were uttered. But whatever Gimlet was about to say went with him across the last threshold. His hand clutched convulsively and then relaxed. He coughed once and brought a flood of his life's blood to his mouth and then lay back. The masked man felt and found no pulse. He closed the man's fingers and laid them across the bony chest. Yuma, he muttered. This was Yuma's bunk. I wonder who Yuma is and where I'll find him. His thoughts came to a lurching halt when a sharp voice snarled a curse with cataclysmic violence. You damned murderin' skunk, I'll kill you for this. It was Yuma who shouted from the doorway. End of chapter 16